what goes up must come down. Welcome to the Brand Breakdown. I'm Michelle. And I'm Courtney. And this is where we're going to track the rise and fall of big brands, from companies to celebs to pop culture phenoms and everything in between. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Brand Breakdown. Today, we're going to be doing our weekly royal wrap-up, talking about... um, Catherine, Princess of Wales, and King Charles, and the health concerns they have going on. Uh, it kind of hit the news like with a big giant bang, or at least Catherine's news did. And then I felt like King Charles's news came in a little bit softer. But I'm going to turn it over to Courtney, who's our royal aficionado, to chat us through a little bit about she's hearing on her end. Yeah. So earlier this week, it was announced that the Princess of Wales, aka Catherine, um, Kate Middleton, if you are super informal, was recovering in hospital after having abdominal surgery and that she would be in the hospital for 10 days to 14 days and then would also be recovering at home and that all of her engagements through Easter had been canceled. And this was like kind of crazy because, A, that's a really, really long recovery period and they didn't provide any details and they usually don't provide any details about royal health you know, William had COVID and nobody knew he had COVID until he was recovered. So they don't typically provide details unless they have to. And part of the reason that in Catherine's case they had to is because her engagements were going to be canceled for so long. So they haven't released any information about what she was having surgery for other than to say um, it is non-cancerous. I guess Kensington Palace, when questioned by reporters, said that they were happy to let people know that it was non-cancerous, which does alleviate, I think, a lot of what people's first concerns were. Um, And now people are doing a lot of speculating about what it could be because, you know, what could possibly have you hospitalized for that long? Um, We do know also that the surgery, it was abdominal surgery, and we know it was successful. So in theory, whatever they were doing has been fixed, um, which is good to know. Um, And we also know that it was a planned surgery, so not emergent. But given the timeline of events, it's likely that this wasn't planned, you know, weeks or months in advance. She probably went to the doctors a week or two ago and they said, oh, listen, you have to have surgery to correct something. Um, But there's a lot of speculation about what it could be. I... I don't know how I feel about the speculation because on the one hand, it's kind of like it would be interesting to know what she's been afflicted with. And we can talk more in a bit when we start talking about the king about the importance of the royals or rather the impact of the royals sharing their health information with people and what a crazy impact it has on awareness. But on the flip side, I feel like the royals give so much of their private lives to the public. You know, they have to share their kids leaving the hospital, like the very first photo of their kid basically like they have to share um first days of school weddings you know if there's a traumatic event like a someone dies like their funeral is public like they have to do this whole thing so i feel like you know if their health issues are not something that is a life or death situation and honestly even if they are a life or death situation i don't know that it's our business and i don't i don't love to see people speculating just because I feel like let them have their privacy. But then on the other hand, when people are speculating, I'm nosy and I'm like, oh, I wonder if that could be the actual (laughs) cause of whatever's happening. Um, So I know I'm kind of a hypocrite in that regard. Well, 
I don't think you're a hypocrite. I think it's natural to be curious, especially if you're someone like you are, who's a royal watcher and you enjoy the lives of the royals. I don't think it's hypocritical. I think it's natural to be curious about what's going on with other people. However, I do agree with you on two points. A, it's her private business. Like whatever's going on with her abdomen, whether it be, you know, colon related or stomach related or uterus related or whatever it is, um, that would keep you in the hospital for that long. Um, and B, I don't really feel like we have a right to know, you know, she Mm -hmm. deserves some privacy. Um, and we could speculate all day long, but there are so many things it could be that I don't even like, we could be so far out of the ballpark that it's irresponsible for us to speculate. You know what I mean? Right. Um, because what if you speculated on something you said, Oh my gosh, I think it's this. And then somehow that caught on fire and then everyone's saying it's that. And then some, some way, somehow she ends up having to respond because you said, you know, there's an alien in her belly or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? And right. <laughs> which would be terrible. Um, But anyway, so I'm with you. Like, I'm naturally a curious person. I would love to know, but only for my own satisfaction. And that's not fair to her. She's not my friend. Like, if it were you and you were sick and and you said, hey, I need to have this surgery, I would naturally want to know what it was because we're friends. Right. But if it were, you know, Joe Schmo, you know, down the road, um, it's not my business. And she's way down the road. She's like across the ocean down the road. Um, But even so, so, like, if you had surgery – And I was like, oh, hey, you know, are you okay? Like, what's going on? And if you said to me, like, I don't really want to talk about it, I have to respect that even though we are friends. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to tell me anything um, even though we are friends. (laughs) Right. It's like, okay. I might still be sitting there being like, oh, I wish I knew. But, like, it's not my place to know. So if if you tell me you don't want me to know, then I have to deal with that. So, yeah. So I just think you know, they tell us so much. We can let them have their health information. The other thing that I think is so important to consider when, especially when it comes to the Waleses and also the Sussexes, although maybe not quite yet, their kids are younger, um, but, you know, Zara's kids, Peter's kids, certainly the Wales children, anything that is published about their parents, they are now old enough to read about it. So if there is information that perhaps maybe the kids aren't fully aware of the situation yet, whatever the case may be, they don't want the kids to find out because they saw something pop up on the internet or they they saw a magazine cover at the supermarket or their friends were talking about it in school. So I think that a lot of the you know, people say it's like secrecy. I don't think it's secrecy. I think it's self-preservation for Catherine to, you know, maintain some dignity about something that perhaps whatever is going on is something she hasn't really wrapped her mind around either. You know, like maybe there's, I imagine that a surgery that requires two weeks of hospitalization for recovery is a pretty big surgery that might take you a minute to kind of come to terms with. So, you know, she should have the ability to come to terms with that before the general public start commenting on it. But also just making sure her kids don't hear about things that their parents either haven't had the opportunity to talk to them about yet or that could worry them if they get misinformation about something. Um, And I think people kind of forget that. I think people forget that George and Charlotte are certainly old enough to hear things and see things and read things and, you know, overhear a conversation that could potentially be damaging or like traumatic to them if it's not accurate information about what's going on. And like, you don't want to worry 
their children unnecessarily if the facts are wrong, if people start speculating. Or perhaps it's something that is really serious, but they just haven't told the kids yet because they're waiting for more information or the right time or whatever the case may be. I don't think it's fair for us to try to rush a timeline when they are still people with young children that they are putting first and foremost at the center of all of their decision making. Well, I mean, everyone um, feels like the Waleses and et cetera are open for human and public consumption, which, you know, we have a show where we talk about the royals all the time and and we do feel like they're open for public consumption to some degree. But Mm -hmm. I don't I don't believe that about health. I am such an advocate that your health is your own thing. And whether that's physical, mental, spiritual, intellectual, whatever your health is, that belongs to you and you alone. And whether or not you share that is your business entirely, especially when it comes to your kids. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I had a situation a few years ago where I was really, 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 really sick. And my kids, it took them a really long time to recover from me being sick. Um, so you right, have to be really that's careful a, how you know, present that information. That's like a traumatic thing to have a parent who's really ill. And especially, you know, when that parent is in the hospital and the kids are worried enough about right. it without also then right. having to hear some random person's opinion on the situation. You know, there I've seen so many people on social media speculating about what it is. And then also, like, speculating really, like, rude things, too. Like, oh, she obviously had a tummy tuck. Oh, she's – some people are saying, like – I'm like, what tummy <laughs> is she tucking, first of all? Like, that's, we've seen her in a bikini. Insane. There's nothing to tuck. Um, but then some people are saying, like, oh, she's being hospitalized for addiction issues. Oh, she's being hospitalized for a mental oh, breakdown. Please. Like, all I of these things that it's that. like – That's all bullcrap. Right. It's like, first of all, they're telling us there's a surgery. So we have to at least – we have to at least trust that, that they're being truthful, that there was an abdominal surgery. It has nothing to do with an addiction or whatever, or a right. mental breakdown. But if it did, that's not our business. You know what also I mean? Also none like, of our business. Right. Also none of, our, none of anybody's business. Someone's mental health especially is definitely their own private their own private thing. Right. But, you know, you, and as humans, just in general, we all struggle enough with all of our own baggage, whether again, that's physical, mental, you know, intellectual, spiritual, whatever. And we don't want someone like interloping on our own private battles with things right. to give their personal opinion because it first of all doesn't matter and second of all can complicate things mm-hmm. so I say like we wish her the best I'm so sorry that she's having surgery I'm sorry she's in the hospital for several weeks I'm sad that her recovery is going to be months and months but mm-hmm. I just wish her the best and I hope that she's able to maintain the privacy that she wants about whatever's going on with her own body yeah so that's for how sure. I feel about that now moving on to the king moving on to the king so on the flip side, the later the same day, about two hours later, the palace announced that the king would be canceling his engagements and he would be having surgery for an enlarged prostate, a benign enlarged prostate, they made sure to mention. And they specifically mentioned that the king was comfortable sharing his diagnosis because he wanted to raise awareness. So, so much came out of this. First, of course, there were the critics. Like, there were people literally being like, oh my gosh, King Charles is so jealous of William and Catherine that he couldn't even let her have her moment and like not rain on her parade. And it's like, okay, first of all, I think if this takes the focus off of her even a little bit, she's probably very grateful 
that this announcement I'm sure happened. That was planned. That so they didn't do that in a vacuum. That was planned. So here's what I have learned about this situation. Um, Catherine's surgery was planned. We know that, and planned meaning there's. I've seen some video. There's some speculation that she her first um, visit to the hospital was at the end of December, and that in that time she's been like meeting with doctors and stuff. And so it's been almost three weeks from hospital, first hospital visit to surgery. So planned, but not planned, you know, months and months in advance, right? She may have found out last week or something, hey, you have to have surgery to correct this, whatever this may be. Um, So they decided that although the surgery was planned, they wanted to wait until she was out of surgery, because obviously whatever it is, is a major surgery. So they wanted to wait until she was out of surgery to announce it, that she had been in hospital, she had surgery, she is recovering, it was successful. Her engagements are canceled basically through Easter. Um, so they had a little bit of advance notice on hers. The king, on I believe Tuesday morning, the same morning that they announced Kate's surgery, the king found out he would be having surgery next week. He had to announce that day that he would be canceling his engagements and having surgery because there was a really big reception taking place in Scotland that evening or like the next afternoon or something where people were coming in out, like politicians and stuff were coming in from out of the country. And they had to be informed that the event was canceled. And so in order to inform them that the event was canceled, they couldn't also just like then ignore it you know, they have to, people are going to start to speculate, like, why has this big event been canceled? Why are all of these other events for the next week suddenly off the table? Because the royals do plan their events so far in advance. So the king was kind of forced to announce his on the same day, just a couple hours later, because they had to abruptly cancel his events. Whereas Catherine's events because she got sick or whatever happened, whatever the case may be, because it seems to have started right after Christmas when she was already on break, they were able to kind of more quietly cancel things because she didn't have anything on her immediate calendar anyway. Whereas the king canceling his events impacted something that was happening like within the next 12 hours, basically. So it was actually just a weird coincidence. And it it's not that it happened necessarily in a vacuum. Obviously, the two households spoke and were aware, but it was kind of like Kate's thing was planned, the announcement was planned, and the king's hand was kind of forced because they had to announce it that day because they canceled the events. So it was interesting because people, I don't know, they jumped in to like criticize the king and it's like, I don't, you're being, this is ridiculous. Like it's a weird coincidence for sure, but like it's not as if he like, randomly planned a prostate surgery <laughs> to like take someone's thunder. I don't think that's the case at all. Um well and and I don't think this is a thunderous moment. Like no I for sure. Great that they, I think it's great that they both came out on the same day because it does deflect a little of the attention from her, which I think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think she needs that much speculation and attention. You want to send a well wishes card or wish her the best? Like I think that's great. You're still gonna do that anyway. It doesn't deflect from the seriousness of what she's got going on because his is mildly serious as well. Right. It's still a 70-something-year-old man having surgery, right? Yes. Even if it was the most yes. routine surgery in the world, that's still a serious thing, especially when you're speaking about somebody who's 70-something years old, you know, everything becomes yeah, serious I, at a certain age. 
I think that it was fine for them both to come out the same day. And I think, you know, for him to raise awareness about prostate, which obviously that's why he said it was his prostate. And then hopefully other people will get prostate exams and do all that because prostate cancer and things like that are easy to cure if you catch them early on mostly. Mm -hmm. Um, And by easy, I don't mean super easy, but like easier than some cancers, right? Right, Um, yeah. But I, I think that's great that he would raise awareness to do that. It's like Katie Couric when she had her colonoscopy, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was great when she did that. But I, I also think he deserves privacy as well. All right, we know he's having this prostate worked on. We know that it's benign. Let's all just kind of move on and, you know, wish them the best and, and stop speculating about the ins and outs of, you know, what they've got going on. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah, for sure. Other than just to talk about it and say it happened and that we wish them the best. Because clearly we're talking about it, but only because if you don't know, because you've been under a rock (laughs) or um, because you too think that they deserve privacy, which of course we believe that they do. Um, But also, you know, hopefully it does raise awareness about prostate cancer and, you know, or enlarged prostates and et cetera and having that checked. Because I think a lot of men are very embarrassed about that and they don't, they don't really want to have that stuff done. Right. And so that is actually – so the king in their, in his statement specifically said that he was announcing that it was a benign enlarged prostate because he was hoping to raise awareness, which like you said, a lot of men are probably very embarrassed by it or, you know, it, I, women don't have a prostate. My understanding of a prostate exam is <laughs> what you see on TV or in a movie. It doesn't look super comfortable. Um, I think it's pretty quick, but you're right. I don't. But I think that you can test it pretty quickly. That's the thing. I think it's pretty quick, but a lot of men don't even go get physicals. Like, right. when was the last time your husband had a physical? Like, yeah, who knows? my husband's like, I feel fine. And if I feel fine, I don't need a physical. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, th- I think women are much more proactive in that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I know. My husband, I'm like, when's the last time you went to a doctor? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks, buddy. Uh, way to keep healthy for the rest of us. Um, but so the NHS actually announced that within one day of the King's announcement coming out, increases for prostate cancer or prostate enlargement or enlarged prostate or maybe just the search term prostate. I don't know. The exams. On, just like pro- like people on the NHS website looking up prostate stuff increased yeah. – over a thousand percent and that somebody was on their website every five seconds for 24 hours checking information on prostates. So clearly the king making this announcement, and I mean, granted, some of those people might have been reporters doing research. I know I was like, prostate, like what's that? I like looked it up. <laughs> I don't think I was on the you NHS didn't know website what the though. Prostate was? No, no. I wanted to see. I was like, what are the symptoms of an enlarged prostate? Like what were the symptoms the king was dealing with? Like I was just being nosy. Um, I think so the like, very first thing is difficulty urinating. Yep, that's what it says. Difficulty urinating. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's, that's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's an annoying thing to have to deal with. Um, and Dr. I don't, Michelle and, will be here all day. <laughs> um, and I didn't look it up on the NHS website. I just Googled it. But a thousand percent, over a thousand percent increase in traffic on the NHS website. Again, that is not counting for like the whole rest of the internet, just the NHS website for prostate information. So clearly the king making this announcement did exactly what he wanted to do. It informed the public that he's going to be off work for a few days and it increased awareness tremendously, um, which is what he said that he was hoping to do by announcing what his diagnosis was. So I thought that was really interesting because it goes to show that 
regardless of what people say about the royals and whether they are relevant or necessary or whatever, they clearly, in the game of bringing awareness to something, which is basically their entire purpose, right? They are supposed to be flying the flag for the UK. (laughs) Exactly. They're flying the flag for the UK and they are bringing awareness to their patronages and charities that they support. The king did a phenomenal job bringing awareness to prostate conditions. Um, So now hopefully loads of men in the UK and beyond will speak with their doctors, get tested if they're having some concerning symptoms. And, you know, perhaps this saves a life because somebody got checked that wouldn't have necessarily thought to or been comfortable bringing it up. And maybe this was kind of the kick in the tush someone needed to be like, okay, let me go speak to my doctor and see what's going on. So I I think that's wonderful. So I'm going to just put this in there. I know we need to wrap this up, but uh, speaking of things that they are able to bring awareness to, there are two things I would love to break down at some point, which would be two of their charities. A, the mental health charity that William and Kate um, founded, and then B, uh, um, King Charles's work on climate change. At some Mm -hmm. point, I know there are some people out there who would like to hear more about that, and I would love to break down those two uh, organizations and, and initiatives because I feel so strongly about both of them. So just know that at some point we will break those down and hopefully people who are interested in those things will tune in when, when you see that, um, as part of the title, but not, not now, but soon. Not now. Yeah. I would also love to do the Prince's Trust, which is the King's charity that he started in the seventies, which has had such a monumental impact on young UKers. Is that what? You would call someone from the UK? I don't know. Um, young British people. Um, young British. Just for the last 40 years, he's made such an incredible impact through the Prince's Trust. And that's one of the things we can really dig into the branding of it all and the you know PR of it all. Because I think that the king in particular over the course of his very long life and career has done so much amazing work that has flown under the radar. Under the radar. Yeah. Like he does not – in my opinion, obviously, you know, I am a royalist, <laughs> obviously, um, but I don't think he gets the credit he deserves in so many different arenas because he's done some, like, yeah, he's a person, he has flaws. We've seen some of his worst moments play out very publicly, but I think he's done some incredible work and he just deserves so much more credit than he gets. And I think that he's a person where, yes, he would like the credit for it, but he also understands the larger picture of like, it's not just about him. So, he takes a lot of heat for things. And if I were him, I'd be stamping my feet being like, what about this? Like, why are you not paying attention to this thing that I've done? Why are you just focusing on these like silly little things? Um, I'm sure that does happen. But, you know, just imagine for just one half of a second, the amount of scrutiny that the whole royal family has on a regular basis. Would you want your life scrutinized like that 24 seven? I literally could not handle it. My God, I don't even like to have like someone come clean my house because they're going to be like, why does your toilet look like that after only three weeks? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want someone, you know, I don't want people up in my business. So they are publicly scrutinized 24 seven. So yes, sometimes they're going to have bad behavior, but if everyone documented my bad behavior on a daily basis, like, I mean, you know, or yours or anybody, any human, human behavior. I can't Um, imagine dealing with the level. I mean, when the king became the king, like one of the very first things he had to do is he had to sign some documents and it was televised, whatever. And he was having trouble with the pen because it was like a fountain pen, which, and he, so he's like shaking the pen. He's like this stupid thing, which 
like it's caught on camera and people start ripping him apart. Like, oh, he doesn't know how to use a pen. Like, oh, look at him losing his temper. And it's like, can you imagine if you're on international TV trying to sign this very important document and your stupid pen won't work, how frustrating and embarrassing that would be. And then to know that like your reaction to it is now also for public consent. Like I would be annoyed just at the situation happening, being like, I cannot believe this is happening right now. I have to, all I have to do is sign my name and I can't even do it because a stupid pen won't work. And then to also be criticized for the fact that you got frustrated. (laughs) Like, no, I could not deal with a second of the amount of criticism and scrutiny that, and even from people, you know, even from people like us, we like them and we're still diving into the details and looking into the backstory of things and being like, okay, well this thing happened, but do you remember this other thing that happened 10 years ago? Like we're positively talking about them all for the most part or when we can, Mm -hmm. or just providing, we're just trying to provide fact-based information without, yeah, yeah, without trying to, you know, provide too much mindless gossip and suggestion and I still would be like okay but annoying like just let me live my life well you know when you think about like um in the United States when they have a signing of something they've got a a thousand pens all at the ready to sign the thing Mm -hmm. and the fact that they didn't have backup pens for him I mean so they did I believe the I believe he used that particular pen because it was a gift from William and Harry. And so it was kind of like a sentimental little nod to his sons. But why didn't somebody check it? That's not his fault. Well, I think they had other pens, but he picked that one up and tried to use it. And it was like this stupid pen. And then someone handed him another pen like right away. Like it, like they gave him another pen. But in that moment, yeah. he was just kind of like slightly irritated. And people are like, oh my goodness, look at his horrible temper that he has. And it's like he was uh, – a 70-something-year-old man was frustrated for – a millisecond. Relax. It's not yeah. a sign of like a nuclear war to come. <laughs> I think he was signing with a fountain pen, right? Yeah, it was, it was a, a fountain, fountain pen. pen. Mm-hmm. So I love fountain pens. That's I collect fountain pens. I love them so much. And I recently got a fountain pen that I love with all my heart. It's a German brand. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it, I think it's Lamy or Lamy. It's L-A-M-Y. They're wonderful pens and they're not that expensive. Um, but anyway, I recently got one as a gift. And um, you have to like it's, it's kind of a process to get it to work, right? I don't know if you use fountain pens, fountain pens, but it takes a minute to get it to work. Anyway, about three out of seven times that I use it, if I don't have the nib going exactly the right way, it, it doesn't write. Mm-hmm. And that's not the fault of the pen. That's the fault of me. Um, <laughs> but it can be frustrating because you're like, oh my gosh, like why isn't this writing? And then you have to like practice and whatever. You probably didn't have a practice sheet. But anyway, fountain pens are just tricky just in general. Even the most, even the Mont Blancs, they're still, you know, they write beautifully, but they can, you know, you just have to make sure that your hand is positioned correctly and the the nib is right and the ink is flowing and it's just kind of a process. Yeah. So anyway, I, I know we've talked a lot about fountain pens. You, you might <laughs> want to cut this out, but no, I, think I just, I just... I just feel for him on the fountain pen thing because I love fountain pens. I use them all the time because my handwriting is so bad. I pretty much write like a serial killer. So fountain pens <laughs> make me slow down and and think about my handwriting, which I enjoy. Um, but anyway, yeah, fountain pens can be tricky. And I have temper tantrums all the time when it doesn't work. And I probably say much more choice things than he did. And now imagine if there was a camera in your face while it's not working, how much more frustrating that would be. And if you were signing <laughs> an incredibly important document about your well, that's what ascension I'm, to the throne. 
Like that's what I'm saying. Like every, we're all human. And, and while we want to um, consume everything that they do and scrutinize it and spit it back out to be negative, like he's just freaking human. Like it just yeah. was a human moment. It happens. Yep. Just a person. Anyway. So then there's one more piece of royal news pertaining to Catherine's surgery and the king's surgery. And that is that there have been rumors that Prince Harry will be returning to the UK to be on hand while his father is in recovery and while Catherine is in recovery, which I haven't. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen an official. I've seen a few royal um, folks suggest this. Um, Angela Levine was one of them. She is a royal biographer who wrote, she actually wrote a biography on Harry and now she is one of his largest critics. And she suggested that this may be the case that she's heard like inklings of it. I don't know if I believe it. I can't imagine that. Harry would leave um, Megan and the kids to come be here while his father's recovering from surgery. Like, it's a 12-hour flight from California to London. And he wouldn't come for, like, other events. Like, when his grandparents were literally dying, he didn't come over. Um, and he wouldn't stop trashing his entire family and dragging them all through the mud when his grandparents were dying. So I can't imagine now that he would be on hand. Um, but I guess it's possible if if things have been kind of thawing with the royals, as we've kind of seen suggested with Harry saying he would have loved to have attended Christmas at Sandringham. Um, if it's true that him and Meghan are trying to reconnect with the family, then perhaps he's saying, you know, I need to be there for my dad and my brother. I also, I don't know that if he were to come, William would, particularly want him around during this time of high stress but maybe he would maybe he would be happy that while he's going through such a hard time his brother who they've always shared a really unique connection because not only are they brothers but they've grown up in this fishbowl and they've had to deal with not only their mother dying but her life and death being such a public event that maybe maybe while Kate is going through all of this having Harry in the UK with William, like maybe William would find that really comforting and maybe he'd be willing so. to, I'm just trying to like it. think positively here. Like maybe William would be like, you know, I'm willing to let bygones be bygones for now so that my brother can like be here to support me. And like, that's, what's more important. I don't, nece- I don't think I believe it because it seems too far fetched, <laughs> but it's possible, but I don't know. I 100% do not believe it. No. You don't think no. William would? No. Let, what no. about the king? Do you think that? I think the, the king would let him come visit, and but mm-hmm. I don't think that he would. I don't think Harry would be doing any royal duties in any way. No, publicly, definitely not royal he, duties. He publicly trashed Camilla, so I don't think that Camilla would necessarily want him around. And then he publicly trashed Kate, and his wife publicly mm-hmm. trashed Catherine, Kate. Yeah. And so I'm not sure she would want him around. The only way I could see where he could, you know, uh, be reunited into the fold would be if he threw himself, you know, on the ground Mm -hmm. and said, I'm so sorry that I, you know, publicly trashed you because, again, you're human too. Whatever the mistakes were, we're all human. You're not the only human here, Harry. Um, you know, they all, we all made mistakes. They all made mistakes. And I just Mm -hmm. can't see, I mean, I know he and Kate used to be really close, but then his, you know, 
perhaps, allegedly, I don't know, his wife said that she was racist. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, we still don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if we'll ever know if that's true or not. Um, well, interestingly, it hasn't been denied that that was what ha- You know what I mean? Like, Harry and Meghan are very litigious. And the fact that there hasn't been a lawsuit against the book publishers, against Scobie, against any publication that reported it, to me says the information that Scobie had, which was that Catherine and the King were the ones who said that who were the ones who made racist comments, and that was according to Megan. I think that means it's true because Megan and Harry are not afraid to send their lawyers against any perceived slight, and that would be a pretty big thing that I would want corrected if it was untrue. I cannot personally see, and this is my own personal opinion, I have no basis for this whatsoever other than that it's my personal opinion. I cannot personally see either one of them be invited back into the royal fold without Harry and Meghan either prostrating themselves completely before both of them, William, Kay, and and all three of them, and Charles, and saying, I'm sorry, or Harry and Meghan not being together anymore and Harry coming back and saying, I made a huge mistake. I need to be back with my family. I think I- that the king, you know, as a parent, right, my my kids could probably do the worst thing in the world and I'm always going to love my child no matter what. And I would think that if I was in the hospital and even if it's just for a routine surgery like the king is having, you know, it's benign. It appears to be – I think it's an outpatient surgery – but I, if my kid was like, hey, I want to come see you, I, I think I'd be – you know what I mean? Like as a parent to my child. Now, if this was like as the boss of the company to somebody who quit the company essentially, that's not on the table. You know what I mean? Like I don't think I don't think Harry visiting his father after his father has surgery has anything to do with Prince Harry trying to persuade the king that he wants to come back and become a working royal. Like, you know, and that's like where I think Harry's always had a hard time with the line between the family and the family business. But I think the king would always have an open door for Harry in terms of a father speaking with his son. Yeah, I I mean, they're probably talking more than we know. Um, I hope they are. Back in. Yeah, I'm sure they are. And I agree with you about children. Like you're, you love your children unconditionally and there's almost nothing that they can do that save kill another one of your children um, that would make you not love them. And even then you'd still love them. You would just really hate their behavior. Right. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how that works out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't either. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that works. Um, But I do think that they're probably in touch and, you know, hopefully Harry would go see his dad and, you know, they could, you know, try to repair their relationship because honestly while I know the king has done things over the years that have damaged their relationship what Harry did was throw their relationship on the fire yeah like he was like hey let's all burn it up yeah Um, and and that that's hard to come back from right you know if one of my children was like hey listen I love you but I'm gonna write this tell-all memoir about what a horrible parent you were and how much I can't stand your wife or your husband and etc and by the way I'm gonna throw my other sibling under the bus too and mm-hmm. put it all out there for everyone to read I would be pretty damn angry like yeah it would, it would be hard it would be hard because we're, I mean my God, like we're all broken as a, as a race, as a human race, we are all broken. But to have your, 
brokenness displayed for all of the world again and again and again um, without being able to respond to it. Mm-hmm. That's what seems so difficult to me. Yeah. Know. And to that's have it come from somebody who you would think would always be on your side, you know, like that's your, that's your child. You would think your child would be on your you team no matter what. And I think and your like, you, yeah. And your, your own brother, your own sibling. And, you know, I think you, you just kind of said it and I think I've said it before, but everyone in the situation has probably done something wrong at some point. The King, Camilla, the Waleses, the Sussexes, I'm sure everybody shares part of the blame. But what Harry and Meghan did is took, like, they took their part and went so far overboard that now it's like, okay, well, everything everybody else did, like, almost doesn't even matter at this point, barring, barring anyone having actually said anything racist. If somebody did that, that is inexcusable and indefensible. But barring that, no matter what anybody else did, Harry and Meghan did so much worse, you know, like, I don't feel bad for them if they have any sort of, like, perceived slight or like injured egos or whatever because I think you you made the situation worse than it needed to be and you've treated everybody worse than anybody treated you so I'm having a hard time being sympathetic um but as far as like Harry visiting the UK to see the king and to help William or visit with Kate or whatever I think he may see the king if he comes which I don't think he's coming but if he comes I think he may see the king I don't think I don't think William would let him anywhere near the kids or Kate at this point because I don't think so William either, I don't I don't know that William will ever forgive him unless like you I said there's a public a very public groveling apology yes I mean and I, I mean I don't know that I blame him for that you know I mean yeah. Harry pitched out both of those relationships plus his nieces and his niece and nephews mm-hmm. you know when he when he did what he did he knew he was throwing away those relationships how could he not have known he was throwing away those relationships when he did that and those are relationships that he's fostered some of them his entire life some of them half his life and now he's got small tiny little relatives to look after mm-hmm. um and he didn't he didn't he threw the baby out with the bathwater. you know what I mean I really think that he, everything he did, he thought, I'm going to write, I'm going to say all of this. They're finally going to understand my point of view and they're all going to apologize to me for how awfully they've treated me. And he kind of forgot that what he was doing was making himself look like a total tool and actually he was just garnering sympathy for everybody else because now everyone sees them as the victims of this smear campaign, you know? Right. And I think, but I really think he went into everything, like not thinking I'm going to cause irreparable damage to my relationships with my entire family. I think he honestly thought I'm going to write this. I'm going to do this docu-series. They're going to finally see my point of view and they're going to understand where I'm coming from. And they're all going to have this light bulb moment and go, oh, of course. Yeah, Harry, you're right. We are so sorry. And that is not even close to what happened. (laughs) Right. It was a giant miscalculation on his part. And the people that are surrounding him that are supposed to love him and support him, um, pursued this giant miscalculation like they did Mm -hmm. not help him um, mitigate this in any way there should have been a whole host of people who held up their hands and said wait a second what are the ramifications of me lambasting every single person I've ever met and loved like what are the ramifications going to be well I think that the people who truly I think the people who truly love and care for him his friends whether they're 
UA, US friends or UK friends. I think they did that. And that's why Harry is so isolated. Because this throughout this whole process, what we've seen is the people who cash in, right? Their agents, their lawyers, their publicists, whoever, they're all like, yeah, 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 keep going, keep going, keep going. But people who are truly their friends are all distancing themselves from them or have all been mysteriously cut off. And I think that's because those people have gone to Harry and Meghan and been like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And Harry and Meghan's response is to be like, well, if you don't support me, then I'm, we're not, we're, you're not in my life anymore. And we've seen Meghan do it with her friend Nikki. We've seen Meghan do it with her father. We've seen her do it with her sister and her brother and pretty much her entire family and every friend she's ever had beyond people who can cash in on her. And I think that with Harry, the same thing, like all of his friends that the public has known of for years and years and years, like all of his circle of best friends who they used to always be out and about together and they were in each other's weddings. None of them, there. some of them weren't even invited to Harry and Meghan's wedding because they had spoken up at that point and been like, you know, just like William said, hey, maybe slow down a little bit. Like, what do you know about this girl? Like, maybe let's take a beat and reconsider some stuff. And none of them are in their life anymore. And I think anybody who stood up and said, hey, I think you need to think about what you're doing is just cut off immediately. That's so sad to me. And mm-hmm. so I, I I just can't even tell you how sad I find that, not only for Harry, but for his children, for his mm-hmm. friends, for his extended family. Um, you know, when you're in an isolating situation where someone else is exerting more control over your life than perhaps you are or understand that you are, it can, it can really damage 20 years, decades of progress. Mm-hmm. And and I hate that for him. I hate yeah. that for both. I mean, you know, who knows, but I, I hate it for I hate everybody, for, for everybody. Yeah. Because it's yeah, hurtful to everybody on every side. And at the end of the day, the only way I think it gets fixed is if Harry specifically, I, I don't know that Megan can fix it because this isn't her family and her group of friends. And so I don't think anyone cares what she has to say if there's an apology in there somewhere. I think they're going to be like, no, you're the catalyst for something bad happening. So we don't care. If they want to make it right with Harry, I think that only happens with Harry making a huge public apology and Megan not being anywhere near them. Whether that means Megan and Harry stay together and she's just like not welcome or they split. I don't know. I hope I hope they don't split up not because I have any sort of like lovely feelings for their union, but just for their kids' sake. I hope that they do have like a happy core family unit with the four of them, you know? Um, so I'm not like wishing for yeah. a divorce or anything like that, but I just don't see how they fix this. <laughs> I, I don't either. We say that a lot. We don't know how they would fix it. Yeah. Um, and I think it'll take years. If they are going to repair it, it'll take years. Oh, yeah. Think of how long it's going to take Harry to like earn back everybody's trust. We oh, know that sure he's happen. got four years of showing that every time he has a conversation with somebody in his family, it goes right to the press, that he's going to, you know, if anybody does anything he sees as even slightly mean or hurtful, he's going to run and write a book about it. So I can't imagine people will trust him very much for a very, very long time. I wouldn't. I can't imagine he'll ever earn back total trust from the king or his brother and and their you know, his wife and children. I cannot see it. I just think it'll be very like surface level relationships forever. 
Uh, I mean, forever is a long time. The kid's only 40. Um, you know, he could live to 100. You know, hopefully they could repair it in 60 years. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. Families are difficult, you know. Um, I think it's easier to repair friendships than it is family ships. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, sure. well, I think that's everything we've got today for the uh, Royal Weekly Wrap-Up. We could go on and on about Harry and Meghan and their particular issues all day long, and we will do that in another episode. Um, <laughs> we always come today, back to them. <laughs> we always come back to them because I, I do find them fascinating in many ways. Um, but anyway, hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, and thanks for tuning in.